0: Welcome to Family Bible Hour, a broadcast of the Sunday morning worship services of North Florida Baptist Church in Tallahassee, Florida. Take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 18. We're going to look at verses 15 through 17. And since this is uh, an NFL Kids Day, we've titled the message Child Life. And uh, we're going to be looking at uh, some things regarding children Now, before we start the message, I want to talk to you just a little bit about an iconic movie that was uh, on the screen uh, back in the, well, I think 1971 is when it first came out. And uh, this is Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Now, I found out that some of you are afraid of Oompa Loompas, and uh, I assure you there is not an Oompa Loompa in what you are about to see, nor is there in the entire um, uh, service today. Uh, That 71 classic has been repeated on screen and stage, but I don't know that 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 particular version has ever been equaled. I want to show you a clip this morning, and uh, this is Charlie and his grandfather. They're in a glass uh, elevator uh, with Willy Wonka after the um, Charlie wins the competition, and he's in for a big surprise. And uh, there's something that uh, Willy Wonka says during the course of this, and uh, I hope that uh, this will help introduce our message today. So if you How many of you remember that movie? Would you raise your hand? How many of you are afraid of Oompa Loompas? Would you raise your hand? Oh, more than I thought. (laughs) There are a few of you. What happens here is that Willy Wonka captures something, I'm not sure that he meant to do so, but he captured something that is a biblical principle. And here's what he said, he said, I couldn't leave it to grown-ups, they would want to do it their way. He said, so I leave it to a child. And there's something about what he says that is spoken again in a much different way by Jesus Christ himself. Charlie is this unassuming, innocent boy who can hardly believe that he has the chance to tour the factory. But because of his innocence and his integrity, he gets the chance to actually own the factory because of his childlike ways. We're going to find out that Jesus says if we want to be the greatest in the kingdom of God, we're going to have to become as a little child. This morning, being NFL Kids Day, and with your children joining you in the service, I want to bring a message that I think will speak to the whole family. I've titled the message Child Life. Now, our text is an event in the life and ministry of Jesus that is strategically placed. Jesus is teaching the difference between pride and humility as it relates to eternal life. The story of the Pharisee and the publican makes a a point but even clearer is the children uh, the emphasis or the point that he will make illustrating childlike faith. Jesus is telling the listeners and us the readers of the innocence and the importance of a child and being childlike. Luke chapter 18 and verse 15. Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them and <clears throat> the disciples saw it. They rebuked him And Jesus called to them saying, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Now there are three lessons that I want to share with you this morning. Three very important lessons about children. Three important lessons about being a parent three important lessons about being a grandparent, three important lessons about being a grown-up. And the first one that uh, relates to children, I simply say, bring them. That's the first thing to learn. Someone brought children to Jesus, and that's the nature of children. Children must be taken places. They're not able to go very far in distance or in life without assistance they need help. Now when they're first born, they need help with everything. And as they begin to grow, they need help with less, but they still need help. And as children grow older, they become independent. But when they're children, they need help. Parents and grandparents and guardians and teachers and children's workers all assume varying levels of responsibility in taking children to the places of their lives everyone that has any kind of authority in a child's life has a responsibility in taking the children to whatever place in life the child needs to or should go now for Jesus to be one of the destinations of a child's life there must be parents and others who love their children if you're going to take your child to the right places and they end up in the right place in life They're going to need parents who love children, grandparents who love children, and so on. To me, this is the easiest part of the whole thing. Most people have a love for children, if not all children, at least their children. They have some kind of a love for children. It doesn't require special training to love your child. It doesn't require special training to love a grandchild it doesn't require special training to love a child, usually. Children are just loved. They seem to be born with a sense of love all around them. Everybody loves the child. There are some who do not love their children, and they're always just startling to me. When I read the stories about someone who has hurt a child deliberately, or, uh, and I won't even go into it because it's so horrific, But it's just hard to imagine that people would not love children, that people would not love a child. But children are to be loved. Now when it comes to spiritual matters, to love our children means that we make decisions for them that will benefit them rather than than hindering them from knowing Jesus. Make a decision for your child that helps your child to know Jesus that doesn't hinder your child from knowing Jesus. Someone was bringing these these children to Jesus. Someone made a decision, we're going to take our child to some place, and the place where we'll take our child to is the place where Jesus can be found. And so they brought their children to Jesus. Now, they could have elected to take them to other people. They could have elected to take them to other places. But when Jesus was there, they realized that it was a vitally important understanding For their child to know jesus christ and to meet jesus christ so they made the decision to bring their children to jesus now let me share with you something that i think is strongly related to this a few weeks ago i shared something in the midweek bible study that we've been discussing in the pastoral staff meetings in our lives we have certain rankings of important places in our lives we have certain rankings of the the uh, entities of life. Uh, for instance, home is usually our first place. That's usually the first place for everybody. Is home. That's my first place. I think it was Thomas Wolfe said that home is a place that when you have to go there they have to take you in. Home is the first place. We have a first place in our lives, and typically that is home. We know that when we're finished with some other activity somewhere along the way, we need to come back home. Every day we start out from home, and every day we come back to home at the end of the day. So we have as first place home. Most everyone here and most everyone watching by television and listening, uh, perhaps over the internet or watching over the internet everybody has a first place and most everybody's first place is home. Our second place is that place that we normally go to when we leave our homes. Where do you go normally when you leave your home? Now for children and for young people, the second place is usually school. They are at home and then they go to school. That's the second place. It's an understandable thing, that home would be first, and school would be second. For most adults, the second place would be work. They leave home their first place, and they go to work their uh, second place. Then there's a crucial decision made, and the crucial decision is about what will be the third place in my life? What will be the third place of my attachment and my affections? The third place of our lives are those places that we make a high priority just behind our uh, home and our work. Now I'm talking about abund- uh, the priority of time right now and the, pro- the priority of presence. And that third place is the per- place we make a priority. There are other places. There are fourth places and there are fifth places. But third place is a unique place in our lives. Third place is a place that we will shove other things out in order to get there. We'll shove out fourth place, we'll shove out fifth place, we'll override other places that are good and other places that have importance in our lives in order to be at the third place. Now, what is that third place in the lives of the average person or the average Christian? Well, let's just talk about the average Tallahassee believer all right we're, we're in Tallahassee so let's talk about Tallahassee. Uh, Tallahassee is kind of a uniquely situated place. We are not too far from the coast and uh, not too far I think a lot of people here when they go to the beach for a day they may go to St. George Island. Uh, some people go over to Panama City and to Destin and so on and uh, so we're not too far from from what I would call good beaches if, if you're a beach person. I'm not a beach person, and, but I have no quarrel with people who are beach people. So we're, we're pretty close to the beaches. We're not too far from the mountains. Uh, you, if you decided to go to, to the mountains, and I, I could go on and on with that. So there are a lot of people. They have a third place, and that third place is the beach. Understandable. A lot of people have third place as the beach. That's just where they go as the third place in their lives. Some people, and, and this perhaps this is some of you some people have activities for the children as third place for instance uh travel ball uh is is something my my child is good at volleyball or my child is good at baseball or my child is is good at uh, some sport whatever it may be or my child is is good at uh, uh at certain other kinds of competition uh, some, some moms, I don't know any moms here who have your, your little girls in those beauty pageants, but some people choose those beauty pageants as uh, their third places. And uh, for some, it's a country club. That's the third place. But, but everybody, everybody in this room has a third place. There's no question that everybody has a third place. You've got a first place, you've got a second place, and you have a third place. Now, the question is, what is your third place? Here's the other third place option. The other third place option is the house of God. Now when I say the house of God, I mean that your third place option is that you're going to be in God's house and that that is going to take priority over other things in your life. You say, well, I I do go to church when I can. Okay, here's what that tells me. That's not third place then, and I'm not being mean to you. I'm just, I'm just stating a fact that that then church is not third place in your life. God's house is not third place in your life. If something else will is is able to to push out uh, the church, you can tell what your third place is by what takes precedent in your life. Do you, do you follow what I'm saying there? It's very easy to know what's the third place by what takes and i'm going to use the word regular regular precedent in your life what are the things that regularly shove out uh something like say church or whatever it might be that is the third place in your life now uh, look let me say this to you and and i mean this from the bottom of my heart uh if if you don't have god's house as third place in your life i wish you did uh if you don't have god's house at fourth place in your life. I wish you did. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm happy that you have a place uh, for God's house in your life. I really am. But I'm telling you that, that with everything that's in me, that I believe for the sake of, of yourself and for the sake of your children, that God's house ought to be third place. Uh, this is where uh, uh, the kind of love that we offer is crucial. Because parents who love their children also have a responsibility to lead their children you don't just love them you've got to lead them so the question then goes back to the third place what are we making third place in the lives of our children now let me tell you this they know what third place is there's no question that they know what third place is you you say uh, to a child hey listen uh, if, if home is the most important place in your life and school is the second most important place in your life, what's the third most important place in your life? And I'll tell you right now, they can tell you just like that. They have no problem telling you the third most important thing. And, and pretty much any child, once they have the, the cognitive skills to be able to kind of figure it out, they can tell you the third most important place in their lives. Now, I think that all of us will agree that no child should be la- led to a bad place. No child should, should their third place be a bad place. And, and let me just say that to some extent, we have different opinions or differing opinions on what is bad for our children. Uh, you may think that something is, is bad for your child, and I think that's not bad for your child. Uh, you may think something is not bad for your child, and I think to myself, that's, that's terrible for your child. So, I I do understand that there are some differing opinions regarding uh, what's good and what's bad for the children. And and let me just say this to you that as your pastor, it is not my privilege nor responsibility to set the priorities in your home. I preach the word, I tell you what I believe is the truth, and then I I leave it up to you to establish those priorities in your home. But I, I think that we would agree. That there are some places that are bad. Most of us agree that the third place for the lives of adults and and the lives of children, usually they're going to be different uh, unless they have a commonality about them such as the house of God. Here's here's where uh, I think, I believe with all of my heart, that parents should be leading their children in regard to the third place in their life. They should lead their children, first of all, to a good place shouldn't be a bad place it should be a good place there are a lot of good places to lead our children uh, a judge I read of once said that I have never had a boy in court who went fishing with his dad and I think that's a, a pretty good uh, illustration of life of the importance of certain things fishing and hunting are are good options as are a lot of great sports and club activities and I, and don't don't uh, get the wrong idea I'm not saying those are bad activities those are good things I'm just saying, do they deserve to be third place? I'm asking you to consider that question. It used to be that uh, girls, and I think they still do, girls take dance lessons. I, I, if I were to ask you to raise your hand, I'd say that half of you took tap or va- ballet or, or <clears throat> something like that at, at some point in your life. And, and uh, that, that all of that, those kinds of things, all of those things are, are good. They're not bad. We want to lead our children to good places. The question is, should they take precedence over other options in our children's lives. When it comes to making a third place for your children, a good place is not enough. You can't say, "Well, I've chosen this as the third place for my child and this is a good place." It's not enough. For our children, third place must be the best place for them. Not just a good place, but the best place for them. You know good is bad when it takes the place of the best. And and when we are helping our children to set the places of their lives, they need to have the best place. With everything that is in me, I believe, and I really believe this, I believe that the house of God should be the third place for you and for your children. Uh, church should be the determining factor in setting our fourth and fifth places in life. Church should be a deciding factor in those. Now, the world around us has disrespected the houses Of worship because church members have allowed the world to encroach on that third place and we have done that we have allowed that and I can I saw it coming a long long uh, time ago anyone who is above the age of 40 can remember when Sundays were pretty much off limits to youth activities outside of the church uh, most of us can remember those days. Uh, that's no longer true. And the reason is, is because that church has been moved out of third place. Are you getting what I'm saying to you today? Are you are you picking up what I'm laying down, so to speak? Uh, church has been moved out of third place. And as it got moved out of third place, the the world around us said, well, it doesn't really matter anymore. And so they began to encroach on what used to be uh, the church day or at least the church time. Children must be brought to Jesus, to the house of God, and it must be a place of priority in the life of every family. And not only should our children be led to church, but parents must lead them to the very uh, best place for them, lead them to the church that w- is God's will for that family. It's the parents' responsibility to find the church that is right for the family and to get the family in it. I want to say that again. It is the parents' responsibility. To find the right church for the family and get the family in it now I say that today and I think most of you kind of nod and agree with that but I will tell you that is not what's going on in our world today it used to be that the danger was that parents would send their children to church rather than take them to church I can remember when that was the the theme of the church the theme of the church was, don't send your children to church, bring your children to church. And, and I can remember vividly how that was absolutely the theme that was preached from the pulpit. Many of you heard pastors years and years ago say that very kind of thing. Don't send your kids to church, take your children to church. Now the trend has changed a little bit. Today the trend is to follow children to church rather than lead them uh, to church. Now here's what happens. This usually comes after realizing that making God's house a priority was missed in early life. So we hope to make up for it uh, later on by following rather than leading our children in spiritual matters. Let me back up and say that again. Here's what I mean by that. I mean that 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 what happens is that in early life, train up a child in the way she should go. In early life. That, that we failed to make church third place, that we failed to make it the priority that it ought to be in our lives. And then when our children grew to a, a time where they really didn't want to be in church, then we panicked a little bit. And we said, oh my goodness, my children don't want to go to church. Why don't they want to go to church? Well, because it got shoved out earlier in their lives. And there were things, there were activities that they wanted to do, and they did do. Nothing wrong with those activities, but those activities shoved church out of the priority of their own lives. And then the parent panics, and the parent says, okay, I've got to find a place where my child wants to go. I've got to find a place where my child wants to be. And so what ends up happening is they follow their children to church. They don't lead them, they follow them to church. And, and so uh they they follow them to church and they say well maybe if i'll follow my child to the church that my child would choose then uh everything will work out and and they will make it a priority in their lives let's just apply that to other areas of your life okay what if you did that with the food that your children eat what if as as uh you know as as a uh uh, your child's two years old and, and your child uh, just, you know, doesn't want to eat what they really need to eat. And, and what if your child decides just to throw that stuff on the floor and, and uh, you say, oh, no, no, don't throw it on the floor. No, 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 no. Well, what do you want? And then they, you know, they want the, the cookies or, or whatever. And so, all right, let's just do that. Uh, It should be a lot easier. I don't want them to stop eating. So here's what we're going to have. Tomorrow night, we're going to have peanut butter uh, and chocolate chip cookies, and we're going to have chocolate milk. Now, I'll tell you, I would vote for that. Personally, I would vote for that. But I know that that is not best for the life, my life, and for the life of a child. I know that we have to set different priorities. So here's what happens. The the mom and the dad says, no, we're not going to do that we're going to make a change here. And you can make that application with anything else uh, in your life. Children, if, if uh, look, the children have to be led and they have to be trained. And it's a funny thing to me that we absolutely understand that in every area except in the spiritual life. And then we panic and say, we better find out what they like and follow them to what they like. That is not the leadership that, that should be offered to a child. Moms and dads, it's up to you to bring children to Jesus. And remember this, that one day you will have grandchildren who will want, you will want to see saved and loving Jesus, and there has to be a proven pattern, to the best of your ability, a proven pattern in your family that, that God's house and bringing the children to Jesus is a priority that doesn't get bumped. it's a priority that doesn't get bumped following rather than leading your children will dilute the God experience in your family believe it or not so I don't agree with that I I understand that every Sunday I preach I'm sure there's people that don't agree with what I'm saying but I got to tell you this here's what God said train up a child in the way he should go and even when he is old he'll not depart from it that's Proverbs 22 6 now that's true And it's true in every aspect of life. We have to train our children. So, the first thing in child life regarding loving your children is to bring them. I've got to hurry on. Here's the second thing allow them. Now that we have established that someone must lead children, we have to see that they must be also allowed for certain things. Several years ago, a parent came to me who had been attending another church and her child was about 8 years old and had shown great interest in being saved and she took her child to the, her pastor and her pastor said to her and this this child had a lot of interest in being saved and her pastor said to her that child is too young to know jesus just flat out <clears throat> I, that child is too young to know Jesus. Well, of course, it bothered the mother and it bothered the child because at age eight, the child seriously had a, a deep conviction that they needed to come to know the Lord as their Savior. And, and one thing led to another, and she, she brought him to me, and the boy was clearly ready for salvation, and, and he was ready to trust Jesus Christ as his Savior. Now, like this pastor some of Jesus' disciples did not think that it was appropriate for little children to be brought to him. They said, these children are not ready. They wanted to turn them away. But Jesus had a differing view. Here's what he said in verse 16. But Jesus called them to him, saying, let the children come to me, and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Now, with this, Jesus set before children, first of all, an open door. The door is open for children to be saved. As we have discussed in the past, children are born safe. And then a young child uh, comes to an age of understanding. But before the age of understanding or accountability, uh, these children are safe. And then when they come to that age of understanding, of a sincere desire to be saved and an understanding of their guilt before God, then (coughs) it's time for them to be saved. They do not come to an understanding of their sin. Uh, they, they do come to an understanding of sin, and they do have a need for salvation. Now, when that time comes, the door should be opened and not closed to them. If you have a child who says, Mommy, <clears throat> I want to be saved, or Mommy, I want to know Jesus, uh, etc. And, and you, you, I would never encourage you to say, you're too young to know Jesus, you're too young to be. I would never encourage that. You say, well, what do I say? I'll tell you what do. Email me. Call me. Bring your child, you and your, your husband, or if you're a single mom or a single dad, you and your child. Bring that child to me, and let me sit down in my office with that child and with you, and let me go through the difference between being a safe sheep, a lost sheep, and a saved sheep. And I, I can tell you that with almost... certainty it will be very clear to you and to them which they are. If they're a safe sheep it's okay for them to remain safe. If they're a lost sheep they need to get saved and it will become very evident to you. Please know that children do come to an understanding. To get to that door however to get to that door of understanding, it is res- the, the parents and the leaders in the child's life has a responsibility for a clear path to that door. Jesus made clear his feelings about those who tried to stand in the path of the children. And these disciples tried to stand in the path of the children. Here's what Jesus said it would be better for him to have a millstone if it were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than it should cause one of these little ones to sin this whole passage area right here is about little ones parents and pastors and all who represent authority in the lives of children are to clear not clog the path of salvation and and let me let me just say this This is why we as adults must be careful about our testimonies in the community because little children in the community see us in the community. Now, I'm Pastor Ray and and have North Florida Christian School and and all of our children's ministry and so on. And and I find kids staring at me in restaurants and, and in the mall and places all the time. All the time I find them staring at me because I'm Pastor Ray. And I will say to them, uh, if I see one of them and they walk by, I'll say, hey, how are you? Hi, Pastor Ray, they'll say, then I know it's one of my kids. And I say, you're one of my kids, aren't you? Yes, I'm in Miss uh, Allison's class, or whoever's class they're in. And I realize these are one of my kids. And I say, hang on, sweetheart, just a minute. Pastor Ray is cussing this salesman out. I'll get right back to you. Do you see that? I have a responsibility. Oh, I'm glad I'm not Pastor Ray. You're not Pastor Ray, but you're somebody to somebody. There's some child who looks at you. There's some child who looks at your life and says, I want the path to be cleared, and you're clogging the path. You may not verbally be clogging the path, but you may be clogging the path with an attitude. You may be clogging the path with gossip that they hear. You may be clogging the path with some action in your life. I don't know how you're clogging the path, but you may very well be clogging the path. If you're clogging the path, you are as guilty as these disciples who came to Jesus and said, tell these people to take these kids away. How can we clear the path for our children? To know Jesus well we've already mentioned we lead them to God's house and every way that you can get your children involved in matters of the church helps clear the path for their spiritual welfare everything that they can be involved in in church helps clear the path for their spiritual being we believe very strongly that Christian school helps a family clear the path for the children's spiritual lives There's more than Christian school, however. There's daily prayers, and there's open and honest talk about God and the Bible. And and all of these are contributors to a child's salvation, to a child's spiritual welfare. In in the church, our children's and youth ministry are all ways in which we clear the path. We're trying. I know you young people are teenagers. You're not kids anymore. But I want to tell you, part of what we do is to clear the path for you. We want the path cleared for you. We don't want, we, none of us, none of us want to be guilty of clogging the path to your salvation. If a child's, uh, in a child's life there must be those who bring them and, and then those who allow them to be saved and, and set before them an open door and a clear path. And here's the reason, so that they can find their place in the kingdom. Jesus says that children belong in the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not sure how children play a part in the kingdom of God, but I do know what part they play in a church. Children are very important in a church. You kids are really important in the church. Uh, You bring people together. Children bring people together for good. They bring people together for the the nursery, for Awana, for Sunday school, and vacation Bible school, and, and on and on it goes we delight in the children of our church children make the place alive children stir the place up and that's a good thing it's not a bad thing it is a good thing and and we enjoy it it's different from anything else after church today uh, my expectation and hope is that jan and i will will go to lunch with our son and daughter-in-law and their two boys and i will tell you that lunch will be more lively with those two boys there than if it were just jan and me lunch would be will be far more lively so is the church far more alive all of us should want children in the church and support those ministries that clear a path for them to come to jesus and so in our text we see that someone brought the children to jesus and he said allow them now finally Here's something else that Jesus says, and with this we'll kind of bring the message to the end, and that is to copy them. Verse 17, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Now usually it isn't a good thing when someone acts like a child or someone is childish. However, Jesus tells us that when it comes to spiritual matters, we should be childlike but not childish there are three things that we should try to emulate from the life of a child. First of all is humility. Now I'm not sure whether pride is a learned or a discovered behavior or if it's just into the child. I know that foolishness has to be driven from the heart of a child. Maybe pride does too. But babies have less of a sense of pride than others they also have less of a sense of decency it's you you leave the door open and a child naked and the child will be out in the front yard just like that a child has to kind of learn a little bit about pride i have a uh a little little guy that in four days is going to be uh he's going to be two years old his name is uh, harper and he is an absolute great kid a really great kid a little while back uh, his family was visiting over to our house and nathan corrected harper nathan had to correct harper and harper did nathan you'll remember this harper did one of the funniest things cutest things he immediately went down to the floor uh, on his little knees and his elbows and he dropped his head below his hands and he hit his face he was ashamed he hit his face he was embarrassed and he stayed down there on the floor and it was the, the funniest thing he stayed on the floor and he had his hand down and he was doing his fingers like this and I crawled down on the floor and uh, if you don't know this kid by the way you need to get to know him I crawled down on the floor and and I got up there and I looked up in his face and then he started laughing and so on what happened he got his pride hurt usually however children just are demonstrations and and he is a demonstration of humility what we saw that day was the beginnings of a problem that he's going to fight for the rest of his life to whatever extent possible we must copy the humility of children and and once when the disciples uh, were trying to figure out who would be the most important in the kingdom Jesus reminded them of the humility of a child and our need to replicate that humility in our lives. Matthew 18 and verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So children are humble, and we should emulate them in being humble. secondly children have a certain dependence there is a humility and there is the dependence of a child children go where we take them we've already said that they eat what we feed them uh, they wear what we put on them they are absolutely dependent when we humble ourselves as children we show ourselves as dependent on the lord we explain or we de- reveal our dependence on god we have come to appreciate that what we have to come to appreciate that what we wear he gives us and what we have he gave us. Philippians 4:19 says, "My God shall supply every need of yours according to the riches in His glory in Christ Jesus." We're dependent on God like a child is dependent on a parent. James 1 17. This is my text by the way for next Sunday's Thanksgiving message. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Like children we must be humble and we must understand that our abundance is from God and not from ourselves and then finally we have to learn to live by faith. The worst thing that can ever be done to a child is to violate that child's trust. That's the worst thing. Now I know that that there's some YouTube sensations, and and I think Jimmy Kimmel's show had had the uh, uh, parents to eat the children's uh, Halloween candy or, or pretend to eat the kids' Halloween candy the next morning, tell them and video it, and some of you uh, saw all of that and and so forth, and that got a big laugh and 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 so on. But to me, I mean, I, I've got a, a pretty decent sense of humor. To me, that was putting your the trust your child has in you on edge children have to believe in the people that they're supposed to believe in they have to and we have to make sure that they can this is why people who are true child molesters this is why people who are true child molesters uh, really need to be under the jail steve because they violated The trust of a child. Some people have lost their faith in God. They they believe God to supply their need, but they become a bit unsure about the future and and where it will go. And and sometimes they they learn that as a child because the child had a parent that failed to meet the need of the child. The point that I'm trying to make is this that children need us and we need children, but and both of us need Jesus let me close with this little quick illustration three-year-old Helen and her parents were dining at a Chinese restaurant she's three years old at the end of the meal her parents broke open their fortune cookies and they read their fortunes to everyone Helen wanted to read her fortune cookie and so she said open mine they opened hers and she took the paper three years old and she said it says Jesus loves me. What great fortune for a child to believe that from a cookie comes a little piece of paper that confirmed what she learned in Sunday school and church. And that my friends is the point. Of the text. You've been listening to the Family Bible Hour a broadcast ministry of North Florida Baptist Church in Tallahassee, Florida, with your speaker, Dr. Randy Ray. You can visit us at North Florida Baptist Church, 3000 North Meridian Road, Tallahassee, Florida, 32312. Visit us online at nflchurch.com. Dr. Ray invites you to join him next week